Hello and welcome to the 361 Podcast Season 10, Episode 8. My name's Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. And I'm Ray from the All About Sites. This week we've gone undercover on the high street. We've become mystery shoppers on a quest to buy phones in store. And we've been checking out the phone shops and the service and advice they offer. Thanks to our friends from TigerMobiles.com, we've got a fantastic prize if you sign up for our exciting new newsletter. Welcome back, chaps. How are you doing? Very well, thank you, Ben. I'm very well. I'm rocking again. Low energy this week, you, McLeod? No, it's just the way I'm standing. Fair enough. Uh, you, uh, you, and that's you, me. No, that's me. I'm, I'm looking at Rafe and saying you. And that's Africa, confusing. You? I'm feeling very pumped up. Thank you, Ben. You are. You look the same height as usual from over here. To be honest, no, possibly because I'm not sitting on a cushion this week. Ah, there we go. That's the insider's trick of how to get close to the microphone, isn't it? Special Rafe Blanford booster seat available in all good shops. I love it when you're sitting on a cushion, Blanford. You, McLeod, any news from you? Yes, Google Photos is still amazing. I'm getting a lot of mileage out of this. I've almost got all of my photos out of Picture Life and on to Google Photos. That, 271 gig. Oh, that was a big, I remember that being a big number. How long mm. was that taken? I've done it over the space of a few weeks, just now and again. I've actually rented an Amazon workspace server in the cloud for $50, I think it is, per month. Right. Oh, this is one of those virtual desktops. It's like virtual desktop, and it's persistent as well, so... Yeah. I've been using that to download the files and then upload just so that I don't have to be in front of my computer and every now and again, wherever I am, I flick up the iPad. You know, and Very smart. Thank you, thank you. And it's um, but, you know, it's quite a bit of a job, you know, downloading the 12 gig file from, you know, May 2014 or something. Then you have to export it up, blah, blah. It's a bit laborious, I have to wow. say. Oh, I'm impressed. But the output is great. I really do have, a, I'm loving Google Photos. I've been in London this week. Have you? And I have been frustrated by 4G. Because I've realized that one of the things I liked most recently about either working from home or working outside London is that when you find 4G, you're not surrounded by shed loads of other people or yes, robbing your just, 4G signal. Yeah, yeah. So I spent today wandering around London with five bars of 4G, expecting to get the blistering speeds you'd need to navigate a mile and a half around the corner to find out where I was having my meeting mm. and nothing no signal. You're lucky anything. if you can get e-speeds. That was an amazing thing. It rem- reminds you just how much of an issue in major built-up areas, where it reminded me, you know, mm. um, a cell you know, saturation was. And to be fair, it was around a busy commuter time. And then, of course, every five minutes, a stupid BT Wi-Fi hotspot pops up and your phone associates with it automatically because you oh, once I just, used I just it. I switch Wi-Fi off. Well, I, I'm... Because ne- it's just too annoying. I'm nearly there. But, yeah, definitely... It's I not see- any faster, by the way, yeah. that stuff. Well, exactly. And I, so I'm really looking forward to 4G coming to the village I live in because we, we're still only 3G where I am. I'm really looking We've forward to that. We've got 4G, that's quite Because nice, yeah. it'll, it, there's only a few of us who live in the village and we'll, we'll have like, all the capacity to ourselves. But in London, ah, there's a write-off. There yeah. you go. There's my thing. Rafe Lanford. I just want to give a shout-out to the National Trust apps, which DigiSLBI, our kind host, where I work, has uh, just released all three platforms. They're very nice apps. And uh, give them a go and let me know what you think of them. And they do look jolly beautiful, but... For the uninitiated or people who don't live in the UK, what is National Trust? Yeah, it's a good question, Ben. The National Trust is a charitable organisation that looks after big kind of stately homes and other heritage assets, as well as lots of countryside and coastline. And does the Blanford Manor perhaps qualify as a National Trust property or is it still privately held? Well, it's still privately held because people actually live in it. It's called my family house and my parents would probably be a bit annoyed if people were sort of looking around because it's, despite what you think, it's actually quite a small house. Do they live in the west or the east wing? Yeah. 
It doesn't, I, doesn't have any removed. I hear Small that, house, did you they, they only, that? Yeah, yeah. They only, they only have tours at the weekends, you see. That's why it's, it's but Anyway, private. to get, get off the subject of the Bamford set, I've actually got something else to tell you about. Something, two things, right, yes, Bamford. You I really, mean, you are blessing us this week. I, I, am, I had a very lovely walk at the weekend That's looking nice. at all sorts of exciting telegraph poles. Yeah, run telegraph that by us again. Yeah, yeah telegraph poles. Telegraph Did you know you can go and look at telegraph poles and look at the numbers and the letters on them and you can tell things about I knew that. how, how yeah. deeply they're buried in the ground? At what I rammed my Range Rover into one right. a while ago. It was yes. very annoying. I had to get the light replaced. Typical. And you can also tell how old they are. So actually, it's a, a good way to run a competition to raise money for the visual. It's find the oldest uh, telegraph pole in your parish, for example. Okay. Uh, I, and, and did you know, actually, another fascinating fact. Um, he, he's still talking. There's a, a Telegraph Pole Appreciation Society. There is not. There no. is. No, yes. there's not. Yes. No. Yes. Three pounds membership, certificate of membership, pencil and a badge. The, hold on. So Telephone Appreciation, TP. Telephone Pole Appreciation Society. Yep. TPS. And why would one, if you were so minded to, why would one appreciate a telephone pole, Rafe Manford. Because some of them are very special and unique, and these are the things that bring broadband and internet into your home. So you should be a little more gracious about them. They do a very, very important job. And you know, if you go to the website, which I think you was probably looking up now, I, you have, can, I have just got you it. You can I see don't... things like uh, poll of the month and. <laughs> Don't, 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 don't respect other people's perspective. <laughs> trying so hard not to <laughs> Wait a minute, I've just and, got... And you can get very excited about the ceramic separators that sit on them. Are you all right? Is there someone we can phone to come and get you? Are you having some kind of uh, breakdown? No, I'm absolutely fine, but I do notice we've got onto a topic where there's less mocking of me and just mocking your telephone poles. You know, it's a lack of gratitude, really. I mean, you're talking about how important 4G and broadband is, and you, you don't really... Appreciate the infrastructure. No, you're right, Rafe. I have to say, in all of our planning of this episode, what? this part, which we haven't scripted, I did not see coming. I don't believe this. I'm on the frequently asked questions of the website. Uh, it, um, it's the only frequently asked question. Why are you doing <laughs> yes. this? No, it says why. why? There's quite a lot of them. What does the green sea mean? Blanford. Let's just tell you a member, right? You are a member. Have you got the pencil? I am, but I can't actually remember off the top oh, of my head. Dear. So for the other T-Pass members listening, there'll be a night. What's the, the red D mean? That means it needs to be replaced because it's rotten. It's defective is what they call it in the yep. trade. I very much want to draw this to a close because I fear I may be losing my grasp on reality. The founder of the Telegraph Poll Appreciation Society is Sir Benjamin Spoon, BEM. Yeah, I do suspect there's a little bit of piss-taking going on with this society. So if I join, will I get a pencil? Yes. I'm pretty sure that we might revisit this in the future, Rex Blanford. This is a rich scene, but for the moment, I, I need a week away just to process. What are we talking about now? I can't remember anything. <laughs> Rafe, save yourself and tell us what we're actually save talking about this week. So this week, we're doing some mystery shopping ah, in yes. phone shops. So we're going right. you know, We all like buy our handsets online and don't ever go near phone shops, but we thought we'd sacrifice ourselves for the benefit of 361 listeners and try and get a grip on what the UK phone shops are really like. That's right, you and you went out to an actual shop and spoke to some actual people like a normal person. Yes, well, no, I do that and I actually have bought phones from phone shops and I do that on a regular basis because often if they've got them in stock, it's sometimes quicker just to... You're very much a I'll pay whatever it. it costs to get it right now kind of... <laughs> Yeah, person. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I right. use the word person under advisement, but okay, Thanks. fair enough. Before we get into the detail, how did mm. it go? Yeah, very good. I, I think you will be surprised with well, my experiences. Well, where did you go, Ewan? There's a mixture in that it's Basingstoke, but I, I was there yesterday and the problem with Basingstoke was I had my children with me. So I did my best and there wasn't, so I actually went in to another shop in London 
So I got a little bit from Basingstoke, but I got more from the London guy. So this is good. my one's going to be about London. So you're, you're, you're central London. I went to a store in central London earlier today as well. I did two trips. I did one in uh, Royal Tunbridge Wells. Royal Tunbridge Wells. Is that when you were tea passing? Uh, no, no. This was when I was... Uh, Concreting. Can, can we not talk about what I was doing anyway? Fair enough. And the other one was in London, <laughs> uh, central London, Liverpool Street Station. Okay, so so very, very central London. And, and for those who don't know, Royal Tunbridge Wells is quite a sleepy countryside town. Leafy. Leafy, very well-to-do and affluent, just down the road from the Blanford Manor and famously... Up the road, actually. Famously right. home to sort of the grumpy old people who write into the newsletters. It's, you know, disgruntled... And saddened. Disgruntled of Tunbridge Wells yes. was the uh, the famous sign-off. It's, actually, Royal, it's, a, it's a spa town where you can go and drink the waters and it was supposedly curative for various diseases. There we go. Okay, so who wants to go first then? Go on, I'll go. Basically, I've done a little bit of audio once I got back to the office. I didn't think it was safe for me to be standing in the street blethering, and I didn't want the guy to be seeing me doing it. So I got back to the office, sat in a meeting room and recorded this one. And I'm going to continue after it. So tell me what you think. Back from the phone shop, and here is my experience. I said to the chap, look, I want the best handset on the planet. What can I get that's the best one today that'll give you bragging rights down at the pub? And he took me straight past the iPhone, straight past the Nokia, uh, sorry, the Microsoft Lumia uh, handsets, and to the Galaxy S6 Edge from Samsung. He said, this is the one that everyone loves. This is the best handset. And it clearly at £759, one of the most expensive, actually. That's for the 64 gig version. And he said, yeah, this is an amazing phone. You'll love it. He didn't bother selling me on the specs. Just said, that'll be good. That was phone number one. And phone number two, I said, look, I, I'm looking for something for my brother, about £100, around about £100. What would you recommend is the best handset I can buy for about that price point? And uh, his answer, the Motorola G. The Moto G, come on. Very stimulating. There we go. Okay, so it's probably worth just before you set off saying we asked the same questions to all the stores we went in. So we had two mystery shopper questions that we asked. First one was, what's the best handset I can get? And that's actually also the competition that we're running. So you can uh, tweet us or write in and let us know because and we'll let you know how you can win that handset at the end of this episode. And then the second one was we were buying a handset for a fictional relation and it had to be about £100 on page go. So you and the Moto G was the second one. Yes, I, I did have to specify when we were deciding this as a topic. Is the word about in there just so I didn't get hung by my fellow well, podcasters, last, as last you time, did last time. Yeah, in season nine, I think it was, we did the $100 phone challenge, except yeah. that you and McLeod, who did the $300 phone challenge, and then the $150 phone challenge. Right, well, match. hold on a minute. So the Motorola G featured extensively in my $100 phone challenge, and I made the point that this will shortly be very, very closer to $100. So it's £129.99 a pay ago. Okay. The so it's only 30% off now. I suppose that's better than the uh, 80% he managed last time. Well, I'm going to let him have that. For Eat no, that, Blanford. For no, that. for no specific reason that we'll find out in a minute. Uh-huh. But, um, now, yes, just tell us, surprise. what kind of store did you go into? It was uh, yeah, belonged to mobile phone operator. Okay. Not, are we naming them or not? No, go, go ahead. Go on, it was a name. three store. Okay, yeah. so that's the sort of the fourth of the networks, the challenger brand at the moment. That's right, yes. they've, they've recently merged with... or. They have recently taken over, I think, O2 or bought O2, but they haven't merged the brands yet. That's right. And the chat was saying that it offered the best value for around about that price point. And uh, he said, look, you're looking at the Lumia, you know, the 640, I think it was. He says it's a bit cheaper. It's all right. It's okay. This is the 4G version. Well, I think your brother will like it, he was saying. And also then the Galaxy Yeah, I, I thought that was a bit 
if anything, slightly lazy, you know, because it does look amazing, you know, especially I could, I could see myself buying it anyway, just because it looks good. You know, the edge bit is very distinctive. Because he's interpreted best as most expensive, because well, that surely has to be the it most was, expensive. It was, I think, apart the from the top of the range iPhone 6 Plus, I was actually very surprised at the page go price, 759. Yeah, that is crazy expensive, right? That's for 64 gig, you can get 128 gig. He was a bit woolly on, you know, why this phone was the best one because he's also basically a great camera. And I think I said, oh, is it, what's, what's the Sony one like? He goes, yeah, 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 it's this, but this, this is great all round of this one. And when you went in, did you think that he'd actually taken trouble to find out what you really needed or was he just giving you kind of like the bog standard I middle felt, of the range? I felt that he kind of looked at me and went, all right, no messing around. I'm going to take straight to what he perceived that I would like. And I, it wasn't, I don't think it's the wrong answer necessarily. In my question, I hinted away from going for iPhone. I think it was more important that I, I said, I'm just looking for anything, you know, not necessarily iPhone, just in case the guy went toward iPhone because I didn't really want to be saying to you that's what you recommended. So I suppose I did push him very, very slightly away from focusing on just iPhone because I, I do worry that people do think, oh, the best might mean Apple. So I was, quite, I was quite surprised. It's interesting. One of the things that was very evident from the phone shops I went into was the salespeople were making a real effort actually to ask questions to try and find out about what you wanted. The recommendation might have then been somewhat biased by their own personal choice. And I think it depends very much on who you end up talking to. Well, because he asked me a couple of questions, but I felt they were quite generic. Oh, do you take a lot of photos? Yeah. All oh, right, do you want a good battery? Yes, I do want a good battery. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I want terrible battery. Yeah, and the you. battery's not that important to me. Yeah. What else did he say? Oh, do you want a good screen? No, yeah. I like terrible. You know, I, I just, what's I, most important to you? Well, we got to the size question, like, well, I don't really mind, you know. To, to me, that's actually better than asking around particular specifications. Because if you try and understand yeah, what they want, you know, yeah. how much traveling you're doing, so which one of the questions I got, you know, and that identifies that roaming might be important. It just felt that there was a bit more of an effort to have a conversation it rather than just be, you know, you go back, you know, 10 years, say, and it was real push on sales and it was very aggressive, you know, the kind of phones for you style. You know, standing outside, handing you a leaflet, trying to get you onto the offer of the week. And it was very much commission-based. You know, I was actually pleasantly surprised how it was a relatively easy experience and it, it wasn't a bad thing. And actually a good example of that was the conversation I had with Vodafone. Okay, we're um, going to hear from that then. And this is another, yeah. you know, what's the best phone on the market one. Just come out of the Vodafone store, having had a conversation about kind of the best smartphone on the market. Obviously, it's looking at contracts here. I mentioned that I was looking to upgrade and just basically wanted the best phone I could get salesperson explained quite clearly it was really a choice between Samsung device and iPhone obviously the S6 and the 6 or the 6 plus bit of a conversation about screen size that was interesting actually I was pushed towards the Samsung S6 it was the salesperson's personal phone talked about how he really liked it talked about some of the features like the quick charge also the quality of the camera and the fingerprint sensor and how Samsung had really stepped up their game and was kind of with parity with iPhone in terms of hardware. We did point out that software was still very important. I said I was kind of agnostic having tried both and so he said, yeah, it's, you know, the choice is yours, but I really prefer Android and most techie people do too. I asked about some of the other Android devices and he said, HTC was interesting, still a nice device, but the M9 wasn't much of an upgrade over the M8. So if I wanted the best phone, you should go for something that had a bit more difference to it and for that reason said the LG G4 was interesting he reckoned it was the best camera phone that he'd ever seen capable of some really great shots but the design wasn't entirely to his liking so interesting to hear some of those handsets getting mentioned and being talked about the iPhone didn't really get a look in in one sense this was very much someone who was interested in Android but I got the feeling if I'd said I was interested in iPhone I would have obviously been pushed in that direction 
not much conversation about what I'd use the phone for. I think he made the assumption I kind of had done a bit of research before coming in and knew what I was talking about. But all in all, pretty helpful conversation. So well done, Vodafone. Very interesting. Yeah, and to me, what was interesting about that, it was actually a very well-informed conversation around specification, the sort of thing I'd expect to maybe have with you about you know, what the best phone was. And albeit it was done pretty briefly. But Do, do you not remember the conversations you've had with you and McLeod about phone choices well, in the past? The, 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 <laughs> well, well, well-informed wasn't the primary characteristic that stuck in my memory. It was mostly about volume Thank and you shouting, very much. Thank well, you. Well, this, this is true. But, I mean, to me, Vodafone did very well because it felt like I was being service as a customer rather than just being a sales target or something like that. And you know, most of what they said was spot on, but I think what was really interesting was the salesperson's personal view had yeah. a lot to do with what he talked about. So the fact he was using a Samsung S6 basically meant that's what he was then recommending. But did he buy it? Was he given it? You know, I know from having spoken to people in the past that sometimes they will be given you know, discounts on the handsets, but generally they will have bought them themselves. And yeah, actually those yeah. discounts can get quite substantial. And very occasionally they will also have competitions run by the manufacturers i mean what people probably don't know is that reps come into these stores from each of the manufacturers and actually sony samsung and microsoft are the kind of biggest players in this space apple not surprisingly doesn't feel it has to do very much and they will come in and talk about the latest handset and in theory those will sometimes run uh, competitions or promotions against selling those devices but it's worth pointing out that some of the operators don't actually allow the kind of the promotions or the kind of if you like the bribes to go on, they, mm. they say it's just based on your performance. And that is a change from the past. Did you feel a little Microsoft theory pop out of existence when he said, oh, you look at Samsung or um Yeah, it's iPhone. interesting. I, I talked about Windows Phone and actually said, you know, if you like Windows Phone, you should actually wait a bit because there'll be a new flagship coming. And that was particularly surprising as a piece of knowledge because it's not something I'd necessarily expect to, to be picked that, up. That's something he will have read from his own back. That's not something Vodafone will be training Absolutely. their staff to say, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. But the training certainly hasn't proven. Actually, Vodafone have invested a lot of money in training, and I know they do that. And actually, again, it's sort of about having the kind of the conversation rather than just trying to go through a, a sales pattern. So overall, I was actually you know very impressed. I think the only downside there is that kind of the personal view of the salesperson was very yeah. much driving the recommendation, which for someone like me isn't a problem, but you can see other people coming in might be put off iPhone or indeed Windows Phone and pushed onto Android when it's not necessarily the right choice for them. However, if you went in wanting the best phone on the market and you left with a Samsung, even though it's not my personal preference, you'd be hard pushed to argue that it uh, was wasn't. It, yeah, was this the Edge by the way? Top five. No, the Edge. It, it, it's all the main one. This was the kind of the standard S six, but yeah. uh, it was the level of knowledge to be able to talk about all of those Android flagships and talk about one over the other, which I, you know, was impressive. And I'm sure if I'd sort of spoken about a particular technology or a particular aspect he would have been able to go yes you maybe look at that one and you know the lg camera phone comp, which i think is at pretty much spot mm. on was really impressed so as i say the contrast to the reputation that phone shops have with some people i don't think it's very justified to be honest and and that was a good lesson for me to take away there's a channel four comedy show called phone shop isn't there which was brilliant if you haven't seen it and you're in the uk check it out on 4od they're on demand service but these obnoxious teenagers <laughs> who are barely able to speak flogging phones they're saying anything to sell anything to anyone <laughs> yeah. and it really was probably the worst of the early days of the mobile market and in the uk that was very much kind of the phones for you model where it was kind of trying to push a specific handset and often there was extra commission and isn't really like that these days or at least it doesn't appear to be from the kind of the mystery shopping that i did and certainly talking to a few people behind the scenes i'm really surprised at the amount of knowledge that your vodafone sales yeah. guy has had because well, they've got to do that right because that helps decrease cost 
for them. Well, and that's actually a key point, isn't it, Rafe? Because if, well, we'll come back to this later, but there's certainly there's a concern now that it's not just about getting the phone out the door, it's making sure it doesn't come back. Yeah, because returns are you know, a big cost to, to them. And actually, you know, the whole model seems to be changing in phone shops. And actually, if you look at the various things being set up, things like, you know, Geek Squad and kind mm-hmm. of gurus from O2 and that kind of thing, it's far more around a service model. In other words, fixing the phone or making sure you're on the right tariff or selling the additional services and actually the handset sell there's an expectation that okay it's still set up to happen in the shop but it may well happen online or over the phone somewhere else and they become more service centers where in the past it always used to be you went and bought your phone in the shop and service tended to happen over the phone yeah, you know to a call center or something like that and so actually that's really interesting it's kind of the in some ways it's the the apple model but actually the service focus in phone shop actually now if, you know if something went wrong with a phone that i got through enough i i would go right back to that phone shop and you know ask about what's the best way to get this fixed whereas before i'd have probably uh, you know called up or try to do it online because I just didn't want to interact with those, you know, the, what I perceive to be, you know, annoying people in phone shops and had up apologies to those people because they do a great job. So how did you get on with your pay-as-you-go yes. mystery shop? Uh, well, I think we're going to have to play back the audio on this one because I suspect I'm going to get some commentary from my kind colleagues. And I went into Carphone Warehouse with having tried to go into O2 and they were too busy yeah. and I couldn't get assistance. I also did Evo pay-as-you-go, but I think uh, Carphone Warehouse is, is my choice. Just come out of Carphone Warehouse, where, despite what Ewan and Ben have said about a fix, I've been recommended a Lumia smartphone as the pay-as-you-go option, either the 435, 535, 630, or 640, depending on how much I want to spend on my fictional brother's birthday present. Why was I recommended that? Well, the salesperson said it was the best overall value and ease of use. Did talk a little bit about Android, but particularly at the lower price range, was said to be a bit fiddly, whereas uh, Lumia was held up as being easy to use, some interesting colours, great design, and actually said good thing was uh, was choice. Perhaps the more interesting part of the conversation was actually about the kind of the value, and I was advised to come back with my brother in person and do a pay-as-you-go upgrade, for which I would require the SIM. The reason for that is you can save 30 to £40 pounds by buying as a, on a pay-as-you-go upgrade price rather than kind of buying the phone outright. And I was very much encouraged to do that. It wasn't any hard sell to try and get it done on the day. So Carphone Warehouse definitely get points for that. It definitely felt like they had my interests at heart. And obviously that's going to be a better value birthday present or indeed a better phone as a result of this challenge. So thumbs up Carphone Warehouse, both for treating the customer right and also recommending a Lumia device. Fantastic, eh? Fix. Oh, come on. Fix. Come on. Did you happen to phone Microsoft PR? So nope. I, I will be at 1 p.m. going through the Carphone Warehouse. You'd be amazed what happens when you walk into the Carphone Warehouse with that I Heart Lumia t-shirt on. <laughs> I am Blanford, it says. Did the, did the guy recognize you? No. There must be some explanation. Yes, if you look at the uh, top 10 in Carphone Warehouse on the Pairs You Go list, I've got a photo to prove it, which I can show you right there. Both okay. of them are Lumia devices. And it was actually the four. It's a little bit greeny, the, uh, the photos uh, not make it quality. Which was uh, astonishing, uh, £29 uh, on the kind of, and then you have to buy the top up. And then various others at 535, 635 and 640 up to sort of the 120 something pound mark. And actually, having spoken to the mothers, a lot of other people seem to be recommended uh, these Lumia smartphones. Now, it does tend to be as first smartphones if you're already on another brand people often stay with that. So the Samsung's were also doing well. So some of the Galaxy Ace and mm. some of the lower-end Galaxies were mentioned as were the Huawei phones. And actually when I was in the EE, they mentioned their own brand, Kestrel handset. But it was very noticeable that 
Lumia actually had quite a big presence in car phone warehouse. And it wasn't just on these top 10 pay-as-you-go handsets. And actually, there were some best of the rest where they had some more of the handsets. And so certainly disproportionate to what people might expect from the market. Although here in the UK, Windows Phone is at 10% and almost all of that is in that lower end. And he actually, you know, was very open about it. He said, you know, if it's you know, someone who's not particularly you know, technically aware, it's just great value at that lower end of the market. You don't get the kind of slowdown problems that you sometimes do with Android. And he just said the design is, you know, better. They've just done a, a great job there. And it was quite heartfelt. And I, I mean, honestly, I was very surprised by that. No, very pleased is what you mean to say. Well, delighted. I, I, I was also delighted because I thought it would make for good material I for bet the that podcast. Was the 17th shop he'd visited. It's <laughs> <laughs> bringing me the Lumia sales rep from but the back. It, it, in all honesty, if you went and looked at the handsets that were there, the Lumia handsets do stand out as being noticeably sort of, I would say, more attractive just in design terms and the way they sit on the shelves and kind of these endless plastic Android devices. I mean, I don't know if you had a chance to sort of browse through the pairs you go handsets in there, but a big contrast to the high-end yeah. stuff where you know, there's clear design differentiation. Mm. Well, actually, um, that's an opportunity for me to pick up because I went into a small car phone warehouse uh, around the end of a working day just outside a busy commuter train station today and I sort of timed it probably the worst possible time I could because it was heaving with people yeah. dropping in and stuff and um, had real trouble getting a sales rep's attention so I'll talk to you in a minute about the high-end phone but um, I managed to just afterwards quickly record some feedback on the, uh, the pay-as-you-go handset. Right, just stepped out of car phone warehouse and uh, the answer for the £100 uh, pay-as-you-go smartphone was the Xperia M2. Hadn't expected that one at all. Guy asked me loads of questions about how it was going to be used and um, chatted to me loads. So I explained to him uh, probably it was going to be for my brother who's going to use for loads of Facebook. He pulled that one out straight away. I asked him why he'd recommended that one and not a Samsung one because uh, you know loads of my mates had Samsungs. And he said the Sony ones that they currently had at that price were quad-core, not dual-core, better cameras, larger screens, bigger battery, and better cameras. So, yeah, really good reasons uh, to recommend that device, and uh, did a look afterwards, and he was absolutely right. Other devices on the shelf around that price point included uh, Huawei Ascend, didn't get a mention at all, and the Microsoft Lumias didn't even get a look in, although there was a 535 and a 640 and a 735 and various other slightly older models as well. So, yeah. Really interesting, actually surprisingly good service, and yeah, good recommendation. There you go. So no Microsoft Lumias for me, although I have to say, to be fair to you, Rafe, right next door to the handset I was recommended was the 640. Yeah. And fair cop, it does look one of the best on that shelf, the build quality yeah, and everything, you know, especially at that price point. And actually, the only one that I ever said would have come close was the Sony Xperia M2, which actually similarly, it has the same kind of design language as the Z three the current models yeah. and it's a flat slab style but it's a really nicely finished the one that had on the shelf was done in white looked really good and uh, certainly it stood out far and away more attractive shelf wise than the ascend or any of the samsung ranges so i think had i genuinely been shopping it wouldn't have been much of a push to say yep that's a device that somebody's going to open as a gift and say well yeah it looks the part as well as being the part I think what was interesting actually about this pay-as-you-go market, £100 was really at the top end of the market. There were a lot of devices significantly cheap. And I kind of knew that having done the $100 phone challenge. But actually seeing it in person and the range and the capability of those devices, for me, was a bit of an eye-opener. And the Xperia M2, which I also saw, and the, the Lumia 640, which were both kind of, well, £100 on pay-as-you-go, £129 on the handset price. 
where, you know, if you're actually looking for value for money, there's stuff you can get cheaper that's actually still a really good phone. And so one of the things I was actually pushed in you know, both situations where I looked for pairs you go was to go for something a bit cheaper. You can save some money on your brother's birthday present, which I'm not sure my fictional brother would be terribly pleased about, but you can get a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah, it was noticeable that sort of from £100 down, there was quite a lot of price points. And the further you went down, definitely the Lumias, yeah. as soon as you got kind of into the £60, £70 mark, the Lumias started looking very, very obviously the most appealing. And actually, as you walked down the shelf, you got quite close to an old Nokia-style candy bar handset. I mean, obviously, that was only... This is the one know, that's free, basically. Well, there was only a few yeah. pounds, but actually, yeah. that was the step down. Interestingly, though, the next step up... So I did see the, the Motorola G as yeah, well. Yeah, that was 20 quid cheaper. You were a few pounds more expensive, but oh, right. you get up to about the 150 mark, and then it felt like there was just a massive gap. Big golf. Right two, two, four, nine, is that the next one? About, you know, kind of yeah. mid 200s and 300s, and then if you keep going along, yeah, you very quickly hit the five, 600 mark. But it was amazing how a few phones down the row. But, you know, so this was half past five, a shop shut at six o'clock, every member of staff in that shop was busy, and we had a very short conversation, but he wanted to know what were they using it for, what was their priorities, he came up with a recommendation and it was really clearly obvious. Oh, and he pointed out, obviously, that he said, if you're doing social and you're doing apps and things, you should only focus on the 4G handsets. And there was a big sticker on the corner oh, of the, that's good. Of that's the display. Good, yeah. So he said, right, immediately discard it. Don't bother. Have yeah. 4G on it. So, you know, I mean, this is as phone shops should be. I mean, I'm amazed to say it, but a really good service. Slightly less good service on the what was the best phone. You know, we were tight for time there and he didn't really want to discuss it. He just said, Samsung Galaxy S6 and I did say oh what about the iPhone oh, okay. so same one then we've yeah. all had the same recommendation yeah. and, and it was interesting because he could justify to me why the S6 was the best in terms of the screen and the camera and Samsung's you know kind of like the best Android handset and now there was a massive iPhone display you know, the yeah. iPhone display was the same size as all of the rest of the prepay smartphones put together and people were either coming in asking for an iPhone and buying it or they were coming in and asking questions and being sold from the rack of yeah. Android devices. And it seems to me that if you didn't come in asking for an iPhone, then if you're buying by spec, you get the Galaxy because yeah. it has all the numbers, you know, it has so many gigamegs this and pixels that <laughs> and, you know, so on and so forth. You know, I suppose Apple don't need any help in that department, but they might have the display space, but they don't have the space in people's minds, you know, in terms of what was available. They don't seem to have the mindset or the mindshare from the salespeople. And I think that's reflecting of the fact that there's actually an expectation now that people do more research before walking into a store. I mean, you should probably say there's a massive variation still because it can be an 18-year-old student right up to an 80-year-old grandpa and obviously very different needs. I was listening in on a couple of conversations as you kind of inevitably do in those situations. And people did know what they were talking about a lot of the time. Sometimes there was a bit of confusion on what certain things meant in the ask for explanation, but quite firm convictions over what they want. And I think probably you're right, the iPhone, you, you walk in because that's what you want, you know ahead of time. But there were a lot of comments about kind of cost and value. And there was one that was, I'd like to buy an iPhone, but it's too expensive. You know, what can I get that's kind of better value for money? There's two things that struck me was there was another chap stood with us at the display when I got my advice on the pay-as-you-go handset. And he had slightly more money to spend, but he was asking around the same questions. And the guy gave him the same recommendation as he gave me, buy that Sony Xperia. But he actually bought the Samsung Galaxy because he knew the Samsung name. 
And he thought, oh, all, my, yeah, all his friends have got Samsungs. So he went against the advice yeah. and bought an older, lower spec phone just on the basis mm. of Samsung. It was notable that some of the older devices, for example, the S4 Mini was on the pay-as-you-go display as well, making it a bit more of a price premium. Um, and I think still that brand familiarity is all important. And one more thing that really surprised me that was on sale, iPhone 4S. Really? Wow. iPhone 4S, iPhone 5C, I don't think there are any fives on the shelves, and then obviously the six and the six plus, and they obviously had some iPads as well. Yeah. But yep, you know, a powered on real world live iPhone 4S on the shelf, and I forget precisely how much it was, but it was a couple of hundred pounds, so it's still a, you know, a fairly, you know, a reasonably still significant a heavy purchase. purchase. Yeah, yeah. To my mind, that would be a poor purchase. Yeah. For that amount of money. Yeah. I think maybe the informed buyer would get one used now for quite a lot less than that. Oh, it does annoy me when someone says, oh, I've got a new phone. I got, and, oh, what did you get? It's an iPhone. I've got one of those iPhones. Oh, fantastic. Great. You're, you're in the, you know. You're in the club. But yes, you're in the future now. And then they bring out a 4S. Well, it's, it's, still oh, a, no. still a, it's still a capable phone, but I was just amazed to see it on the shelf. It's a two-year contract. Oh, no. Because in, in, in this market, I thought they'd certainly stop selling them. So, Rafe, it feels like times have changed in mobile retail because we've all had good experiences, mostly good advice. Yeah, I think it surprised all of us, really, that we've had such a positive experience. I think it does speak to this kind of shift from very much a big sales focus to more of a, a service focus. And actually, if you look around some of the industry press and some of the way things work, actually, there has been a change. It used to be very much commission driven and we are talking actually quite some time ago but more and more it's actually become about sort of meeting certain targets and so typically in any of these big phone shops where we're talking about car phone warehouse or eu or o2 you know you'll basically have targets that you have to meet as a salesperson and that will be a maybe a certain number of contract phones or big sales and pairs you go and then also services you know that's someone coming in with a broken phone or wanting some change on their contract or something like that and that means of course that it becomes not about selling a specific type of phone or pushing everyone onto a contract. It's trying to make the customer as happy as possible because that's actually the way you're going to get the best performance because they won't come back in and that then won't be taken off your targets. And so the onus is on actually making the customer as happy as possible. And I think that's reflected in all of the experiences that we've had. And so uh, kind of that Channel 4 show or the, the phones for you model, which I think is kind of embedded in a lot of people's mind what it is like to go in your phone shop. And it's all these people who sort of look down on you, don't know very much. All the conversations we had, which were very much sort of participatory rather than, you know, and productive, really reflect that. And so I think actually thumbs up all round. And perhaps next time I'm looking for a phone, I'll go and visit the phone shop rather than try and do it all myself. Well, so closing question, Ewan. Obviously, we probably are still picky and buy our phones online, but would you recommend to a family member who wanted some help choosing a phone that they went to a phone store based on your experience? Yes, I think it's quite a good thing to do, especially if you're a mobile geek, because otherwise you run the risk of that family member coming back saying, you recommended me buying that. It's actually much better if the phone shop does it. And I think it's a good experience. And the other thing is there's a surprising number of live handsets now. Now, this is yes. more peculiar to London than it is uh, elsewhere. And that was big difference I noticed between kind of the city and kind of a more rural area. But people can actually go and try these handsets out for themselves. And Apple was always a proponent of that. Actually, Microsoft has pushed it big time. It's something that's helped the Lumia devices. But we're seeing more and more of that than kind of the, the branded pods within each of these stores, kind of mm -hmm. mini sections. And I think that really helps because before it was just you get a plastic model. That helped no that one. That terrible. Well, particularly if you're about to go and spend four or five hundred pounds, even if it's on a contract. Two-year commitment. Yeah. Two-year commitment on a phone like, a, I mean, the one that stood out, you know, the HTC 
M9 and the um, the Z4. The, the, it was the S6 with the curved edges, yeah, the, uh, edge, yeah. the edge. Amazing screens, amazing mm. screens. And so you wouldn't get that from, you know, the printed plastic blocks. So they were all on the shelves of the stores I saw, and they really stood out for it as well, running demo reels with, you know, rich videos and, you know, really doing everything they could to show them off. So, And, and it is, you know, it's a big purchase decision. And actually for a lot of people, you still get locked into a two-year contract. And actually there are differences between the operators. I, I think I'm right in saying that EE and O2 you basically, there's no you know, comebacks once you've signed it, you, you're in there. Although I suspect you could probably find an excuse of no signal in your home or something. But, you know, Vodafone, for example, play up their service and you can take it back if you're not happy in seven days. And I'm sure we're going to see more of that kind of thing as well as additional services coming in. You know, Vodafone have done the Spotify deals and yeah. there's been the Sky Sports and things like that that kind of add the extra value. And it was very noticeable that EE did their kind of battery power bar thing as well. All that about getting more footfall into the shops, not about making you buy extra handsets. It's actually maybe about the service side of things. Well, retaining you as a customer and, and revenue and, stream ongoing. Yeah, and honestly, it's to be welcomed. It's great yeah. stuff. When I heard that power bar story, I thought that was a really rotten you know, idea. But actually, if EE stores are as good as the Vodafone and the Carphone Warehouse stores that we've been in today, and you did go into an EE store as well, yeah. didn't you, and, and got a good experience overall. I can see actually that it's you know it's not an entirely terrible place to be. I can totally see popping into EE and getting a new battery bar if I run out of energy, and you know they were pushing their broadband and things like that as well. You know, I, honestly, it was totally not what I expected. There you go, and on that bombshell, we will end it. If you listen to this episode and suddenly have a yearning for a brand new phone, you could win one. All you need to do is go to three six one podcast dot com and sign up for our exciting new newsletter. You'll find it hidden under the newsletter menu item on the front page. If you sign up and then you subsequently email us or tweet us or leave us a comment to let us know what you think the best smartphone on the market is at the moment we could choose you and you might win that device courtesy of tigermobiles.com those guys run a price comparison website with some exclusive deals on and uh, if you're thinking of getting a new handset it's definitely worth checking them out although they've also got uh, sim only deals on there as well and uh, no harm checking for uh, see if you can get a better price through them the other prize is you and mcleod the Lantronics mobile printing facility which i've got both of them ready to post off and that basically makes your printer mobile enabled so you yeah, can print directly from your mobile phone pretty pretty cool pretty cool stuff so thank you for the Lantronics guys who mm. are also offering prizes just to if you're signed up from the newsletter you could possibly win one of those so get over there now if you'd like to uh, give us any feedback or talk to us you can leave us a voicemail at 361podcast.com there's a link on there uh, you can call us on a UK or US number alternatively you can tweet us at 361podcast we are occasionally on the Facebook but I mean really don't encourage them <laughs> uh, you can comment wherever you hear this right chaps thank you very much thank you Woohoo! time to say a few thank yous editorial assistance by Emma Krauss research for this series by Roland Banks thank you very much to Mark Fontaine who edits and mixes this series you can find him at audiorangler.co.uk thank you to our host Digitas LBI for the recording venue and uh, we will be back next week bye bye if you've enjoyed this podcast you can comment subscribe and catch up with previous episodes at 361podcast.com If you're an iTunes user, we'd be jolly grateful for a five-star review. There's a link and pictures of how to rate the show at 361podcast.com slash rate. Each review makes it lots easier for new listeners to find us. 